Take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to Psalm 103. In just a moment, we'll read verses 1 through 5. How many of you remember your first job, your first real job? Does anybody remember that? I can remember uh, my first full-time job, and I was uh, working at a church, and they told me what my salary would be, and I said, well, what are my benefits? How many of you know that benefits make a big deal, all right? And so they said, all of your benefits are included in that number that we gave you for salary. When I started deleting my benefits from my salary, the, my salary was not nearly as large as I thought. But that's not the way God does. God benefits us graciously. And I want to say this to you, that every one of you has benefited from the goodness of the Lord. And so we're in a season of thanksgiving, and uh, we're going to, you know, we always eat a lot. We always kind of rest a little extra, maybe, unless you're cooking this week. And uh, we also take a little time off and maybe watch a little more football, something like that. But I want to encourage you, not just this week, but especially this week, to thank the Lord for the benefits of your salvation. And I want to share with you five of those today that come directly out of this text. I remember the first time I preached from this text on a Thanksgiving day. It was in the fall of 1983 in Lake Dallas, Texas. I didn't preach this sermon, but I preached from this text, and I have Love this text. I memorized this text a long time ago. It's one of my favorites. I pray it almost every day, and you'll understand why when you see it. In fact, I would just enjoy you, if you would, would you just read this with me from the screen? Would that be okay? Let's read it together, all right? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his what? Benefits. There it is. Here they go. Here they are now. Watch here. Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with the loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Let's pray. Father, bless this time. Give us thankful hearts, no matter what's going on, no matter what we've heard from the doctor, no matter what's going on with our children or our spouses or anything else. Help us to be thankful for all of your benefits of salvation. And we pray it in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that prayer, say amen. Well, the first benefit is we ought to thank the Lord that he pardons our iniquities, pardons our iniquities. That's right out of the gate because until you get that pardon, the Lord can't bless you the way he wants to, all right? 
Look at verses 1 through the first part of verse 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He's talking to his soul. How many of you have a, a soul sometimes that doesn't want to wake up? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I talk to my soul all the time. I talk to myself all the time. You say, you've lost your mind. No, I've got my mind back. I tell my mind, I don't receive that thought. I'm going to think this thought. You know, if you'll control your mind, you're either going to control your mind or your mind is going to tr- control you. So he's talking to his soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. He says it again. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. That soul doesn't like to be talked to, does it? And forget none of his benefits. And here it is. Who pardons all my iniquities. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. He says it twice. All that is within me. Lord, I, I want everything in me in this prayer. I don't want to forget any of your benefits. And right out of the gate, I can't help but go back to when I got saved. Oh, God, thank you that you pardon all of my iniquities. Note the word pardoned. It means to be forgiven of an offense without having to pay the penalty. It's like when a state trooper pulls you over and looks at your license and stares at you and said, you were going 15 miles over the speed limit, slow it down, have a good day, and you are rejoicing and singing the hallelujah chorus on the inside. But it's way beyond that. It's Jesus looking at you and saying, I have taken your sin. I bore your sin on the cross. And you have repented. And I forgive you completely. Now that's good news right there. That's even better than not having to suffer from some man-made law. Praise God. Forget none of his benefits. He pardons your iniquities. If you go a little farther in Psalm 103, as an old preacher I heard say one time, it even gets gooder. Look at verse 10. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Aren't you glad that God hasn't given you what you deserve? Some of y'all think you deserve a lot. I'll tell you what you deserve if you're living in reality. Apart from Christ, we all deserve to go to hell. I don't want what Steve Gaines deserves. I want the grace of God. He's not dealt with you according to your sins, nor rewarding you according to your iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness. That's his grace. Toward those who fear him, who revere him, who respect him. And oh, look at verse 12. As far as the east is, and that's east, from the west, and that's west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Infinite forgiveness. He has thrown all of our sins so far that they're as far as the east is 
from the West. Only God can wipe your slate clean through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, when I was in elementary school, <coughs> I talked a lot, a lot. I even talked when the teacher said, don't talk. I just couldn't help it. My wife said, somewhere along the way, somebody failed to diagnose you as ADDDDDDDDD. And I would just talk. I couldn't stop. Didn't want to and didn't try to. And so I was constantly having to stay after school. Now, some of y'all don't even know what that, I don't even know if they do that anymore. Because, you know, nowadays teachers just want to go home. But, but back then, they'd stay behind. You know, if you messed up, they'd take you. And first, they would spank you. I know that y'all think that's terrible. But, uh, you know, they would spank you. And then you still had to stay after school. And after school, and, you know, there was usually a group of us that got to know each other because we all did well, didn't we? And so, we, you know, we were always going to the principal's office. And so, you know... I just want you all to know that about your pastor. But anyway, uh, so they would make you work. And you would have to, like, clean the floors. But what I enjoyed doing was cleaning the blackboard. Now, how many of you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about chalk and dust and all that stuff. I had asthma. They didn't care. They, I, told, I got asthma. They said, we don't care. You messed up. You won't be quiet. We don't care if you've got asthma. I'm telling you, man. Anyway, so they'd bring out these old coffee, coffee, what do you call it? Cans, coffee cans, big old coffee cans full of oil and rags. And your job is to go up to the chalkboard and wipe it down. And when you wipe, when you start wiping, it's all this grayish, ugly-looking, whitish, you know, chalk on there. But when you wipe it, all of a sudden, it's as green as it can be. You say, why are you telling me that? The day you got saved, Jesus took his blood, and your sin was as gray and as messed up and as Ugly as you can imagine, but when he washed you with his blood, praise God, you were clean. Let's give him praise for that. Amen? Amen. All of it washed away. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all that is within me. He has pardoned all of my iniquities. I love what John said in John, 1 John 1, 7 through 9. But if we walk in the light, as Jesus himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his Christ, his son, oh, I love this, cleanses us from how many sins? All sin. If we say that we've not sinned, we're deceiving ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Some of y'all have to say, well, I'm not that bad. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Talk to somebody that knows you well. If we confess our sins, there it is, he is faithful and he is righteous and if we confess it, he'll forgive our, us our sins and he'll cleanse us. There it is. From all unrighteous. Praise God when you repent of your sin, believe savingly in Jesus that he died on the cross for your sins, that he rose from the dead, and you receive him as your Lord and Savior, he wipes you clean. 
all of your past sins are gone forever, canceled, paid in full. Oh, bless the Lord who pardons all of your iniquities. What a benefit that is. But then there's a second benefit he talks about. The Lord needs to be praised because he heals our diseases. He heals our diseases. Look at verses 1 and 2 in the next part of verse 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget none of his benefits. And he says, who heals all your diseases. The psalmist said, God is the healer. Now, I believe in doctors. We believe in doctors here. Thank God for them. But you know what? Any doctor will know that he or she is limited and there comes a point, if the Lord doesn't heal, there's not going to be any healing. I believe if somebody gets sick, they ought to take medicine, whatever the doctor says. But it's not only that. It's not just medicine. It's medicine, and God also heals by miracle or both. I take medicine every day. I've done it for 22 years. I have myasthenia gravis. My muscular asthenia weakness, the side of my face droops a little bit, and it's because of my asthenia gravis. And I've taken prednisone for 22 years. I'm down to my lowest for the last five years. I'm at the lowest I've ever been, and I've not had a relapse in years. But I pray, still pray every day for God to heal me. And I'm praying that before I die, I'll be medicine-free. But I don't have a problem taking medicine either but I don't have a problem praying for the Lord to heal me either. So I've not been totally healed, but I pray for healing every day. See, I think we're supposed to pray for healing. And if God says yes, praise God. And if God says no, take some medicine too, I say praise God. And even if I were to die, you know what? God's blessed me by just letting me be alive for a little while. And praise God. That's the way I look at all this. I don't believe perfect healing is promised in the atonement. I believe perfect forgiveness of sin is. But when I think about these people that say perfect healing is in the atonement, and if you don't get healed, it's because you don't have enough faith, that's just not in the Bible. The Apostle Paul, with all due respect, was a better Christian than you are <laughs> and than I am. He was the greatest Christian ever to live. I believe that. You say, what about Christ? Christ is not a Christian. Christ is Christ. Christ is God in the flesh. He's the greatest person ever to live, but Paul is the greatest Christian ever to live. I believe that. And yet, there was a time when God gave him a sickness and would not heal him, even though he begged God to heal him. You say, what are you talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. His thorn in the flesh. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7 and following, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. What's he talking about? He just talked about, he said, I, I know a man that went up to heaven. He's talking about himself. I know a man that went up to heaven, went to the third heaven, saw paradise, saw things that you can't even talk about. And then right after he said, and in order to keep me humble, 
See, he's talking about himself. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself. How many of you know that we like to exalt ourselves? Amen. There was given to me. That, and he, the, the, the verbiage there, the language is, it was a gift. This is, he had come to the point where he said, my sickness was a gift from God. Now that is a different perspective. It was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Some physical malady. He never said what it was. A messenger, an angelos from Satan, a demon. God let a demon torment his body with a physical illness. That's exactly what the Scripture is saying. To torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored. That's a fancy word for I begged the Lord three times that it might leave me. He said to me, my grace is sufficient. Say that with me. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected. Oh, there's what God's after. God's not interested in your comfort. He's interested in your Christ-likeness. I'm perfecting you with this, Paul. Power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast. This is a level of Christianity a lot of people don't ever reach. This is Ph.D. Christianity, right? This is not third-grade Christianity. This is the real stuff. This is Christ-like. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content. I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties. When's the last time you heard somebody say this on television? For Christ's sake. When, read the last part with me. For when I am weak, say it now, then I am strong. Wow. Can you just see him? Lord, this thorn in the flesh, I've asked you over and over, would you please heal me? No. Would you please heal me? No. Would you please heal me third time? No. You're a better man with it than you would be without it. If you didn't have that, you'd be so proud of yourself, you couldn't do half the things that I'm going to use you to do. He wrote almost half the New Testament. All right? I mean, the guy, but he was constantly, he had this little thing that God wouldn't take away that made him lean in on God every day. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm telling you, some of you are praying for God to remove something. Please listen to what I'm about to say. Some of you are praying for God to remove something that is in your life. You feel like it's the, one of the worst things that could happen to you, and I'm telling you, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, it's the very thing that God will use to make you more like Christ. Now, that's Ph.D. Christianity. Everybody doesn't get it. Elisha got it. He healed people all the time. But one, of these, one day, the Bible says in 2 
Kings 13, 14, Elisha became sick with the illness of which he was to die. Paul's favorite young preacher got sick all the time, frequently got sick. 1 Timothy 5, 23, no longer drink water exclusively, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. I'll just tell you all right now, that, doesn't apply, that wine stuff doesn't apply to you all. all right? <laughs> Last time I checked, there's Walgreens all over town. Amen? That was medicinal back then, and you don't need to say, you know what? I got a cold, man. Let's go get some wine. No, get out of my face, man. Go get some aspirin, all right? Yeah, they had to take wine back then. I've heard people use that to justify drinking alcohol today. There's a Greek word for that, goofy. But we are supposed to pray for people that are sick. We just did in the other service. We're going to do it again. We got oil right down here. We, we do what James 5 says every, every service. Is anyone among you sick? He must call for the elders. That's the pastor of the church. They're to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up, and if he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. It's our job to pray. It's God's job to answer. I've prayed for people to be healed, and they've been healed. I've prayed for some to be healed, and they weren't healed. They went to heaven. But you know what? That's not a bad deal right there. I mean, that's really kind of like healing anyway. I mean, you know, I've, I've had sickness for 22 years. I pray every day that I'll be healed, but I take my medicine every day. I don't get mad at God. I'm not mad at God because he doesn't do it my way. He's not supposed to do it my way. I'm supposed to do it his way. I'm not smarter than God. I know he's a good God. He's done too much good for me, for me to get mad at him. I, and what, would he good, what good would it do if I did get mad at him? He's God, and I'm not. I'm going to do what Job did. I'm going to say in Job 121, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Say it with me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Say it with me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, praise him. If you get sick and he doesn't heal you, praise him. If you get sick and the Lord heals you, praise him. doesn't matter. Just praise him. Just praise him no matter what. What a benefit. Number three, the Lord redeems your life. Now, this is not being saved again. This is just he gives you a better life. How many of you know that it's better to live for Jesus than not to live for Jesus. Does anybody know that? Sure it is. The world thinks we're a bunch of kooks, but we're not. We just know the Lord, and we've been forgiven, and it's wonderful. It's been, this redeemed life is amazing. Look at verses 1 and 2 in the first part of verse 4. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget none of his benefits. Who redeems your life from the pit. This is not salvation. This is not redemption of the soul. It's redemption of your life. Forget none of his benefits who redeems your life from the pit, the, tr the challenges of life. The pit, the snares that the devil and the world 
put out for you, to trip you up. Every day you better look up because the devil is wanting to trip you up. He's wanting to tarnish your witness. He's wanting to get you to fall into sin. Here's something about the devil. Think with me. He will take his left jab, if you will, tempt you. Come on, come on, come on. Do this. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Do it, do it. And you give in and you do it. Then his knockout punch is, I can't believe you call yourself a Christian. Wham! You did that. If you were really a Christian, you wouldn't have done that. He tempts you to do it, and then he beats you up when you do it. He is as perverted as you can get. So what do you do? You say, oh, Lord, you don't just save my soul. You redeem my life. I forget none of your benefits. You're the only one that when I get in a pit can pull me out. Very similar, <coughs> excuse me, to what the psalmist said in Psalm 40, verses 1 and 2. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me. He heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay. Everybody say miry clay. Miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. Isn't that a beautiful picture of God helping us? I think about my, myself at times when I mess up and I'm down in that miry clay and the Lord walks up to me and said, hey, Steve, hey, Lord, what doing down in the miry clay? Why'd you do it? Because I'm a reprobate. I'm a sinner. I shouldn't have done it, Lord. I'm sorry. Well, what do you want to do about it? Well, I want to repent. Well, repent. Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Please forgive me. All right? Take my hand. And when I reach out, there's that nail-scarred hand. He pulls me out of the miry clay. He even cleans me off. See, I didn't lose my salvation. I just fell into a pit. I fell into the pit. He didn't push me in the pit. He didn't predestine me to go to the pit. I just chose to go to the pit. And don't look at me so holy out there because you get in the pit all the time, all right? And he aren't you glad he pulls us out? He sets our feet on the rock. Who is that? Jesus. And then he puts a new song in our heart, a song of praise to our God. It doesn't get, I want to say this to you. I don't want to sin, but when I do, praise God, he'll pull me out of the miry clay, set my feet on rock, put a new song in my heart, a song of praise to my God. Let's give him praise right now. Amen? Amen. What pit do you find yourself in today? Troubled marriage? He said, well, I, I don't want to raise my hand. Well, I mean, if you live with somebody 40 or 50 years, you're going to have a little argument every once in a while. Like this morning at my house. I'll confess. It was all me. I was in there praying. I got up early. I got up praying, man. I, Lord, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And I'm by myself in the room praying. But the problem is, I was praying in the den, which is attached to the kitchen, and my wife wanted to fix me some oatmeal, 
And she comes in there and she starts making some noise. And I said, you know, do you have to do that right now? <laughs> and I had an attitude, all right? I did. I did. Do you? And she said, don't you want some oatmeal? I said, not right now. And as soon as I said that, it's like the Holy Spirit said, boy, what is wrong with you? The woman is fixing you oatmeal. And I, I knew, I, I know, you know, I, it's like, it's like the Lord said, I ain't, I'm not listening to you. Go straighten it up. Don't talk anymore to me. Go straighten it up. So I walked all the way to the other end of the house. She went back to the bedroom. She wasn't crying. She's, she's fine. She's like, okay. But I go back. I said, baby, I'm sorry. I said that about the oatmeal. I'm so, will you forgive me? Sure. When do you want your oatmeal? About 30 minutes. She said, great. I went back, prayed right on. But you know what? If I'd been proud and I didn't go ask her to forgive me, God wasn't going to listen to my prayer. I could get, you know, if some of you would be honest, we could talk the rest of the day and have stories just like that, all right? That happened today, all right? May not have been oatmeal, may have been sausage or bacon, but something happened. So what is a rebellious child, a troubled marriage, problems, difficulty at work, financial problems, sickness in your family, constantly feeling these discouraging thoughts, these anxious thoughts, what do you do? Oh, Lord, I cry out to you. Redeem my life from the pit. Keep on praising him and praying to him until things either change or he changes you. Either way, it's good. You're better after you pray, no matter what. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. You redeem my life from the pit. What a benefit. Number four, the Lord crowns you with compassion. There's not a lot of compassion anymore from people. Everybody's mad. Everybody wants to get even. Everybody wants to tell people off. Everybody feels like that it's their job to straighten people out. You better hope God doesn't treat you like that. Bless the Lord of my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord of my soul. Forget None of his benefits, fourth benefit, last part of verse four, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Say it with me. Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. It's a picture of God coordinating you with abundant blessings, both spiritual and physical. The psalmist mentioned two specific blessings, loving kindness and compassion. The English Standard Version says steadfast love and mercy. The New International Version says love and compassion. But I like the New Living Translation, love and tender mercies. I want God to be tender with me, amen? I don't want harshness. I want him to give me love and tender mercies, loving kindness and compassion. You know what you need today? You need grace and you need mercy. And there is a slight, subtle difference between them. They both end really well, but grace is when you get <clears throat> what you don't deserve in a good way. You get forgiveness. God lets you go. That's grace. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Aren't you glad that you're not going to go to hell? I mean, that'd be a great thing. Lord, thank you I'm not going to hell. That's 
mercy, and then grace is God giving you blessings even when you don't deserve it. When our kids were younger, I remember one time they, got, they were acting up at home and I was at church working and Donna called me and she said, I've had all I can handle today. When you get home, I want you to do something with these four children. Well, I knew it was serious, so I got home a little bit early. And I lined them up. Lined them up. I said, uh, Grant, what have you been doing? Well, I didn't do what mom said. Lindsay, what have you been doing? Well, I didn't do what mom said. Allie, what have you been doing? Bethany, what you, Allie, what have you been doing? Well, I didn't do what mom says. Bethany, what have you been doing? Well, I guess I did wrong. Guilty by association. Donna was just sitting there, just saying, boy, y'all watch it. He's, he's going to give it to you. He's, he's going to wear you out. That's back when you could do that. Nobody thought anything about it. So I said, are you sorry? Oh, yes. Yes, Daddy, we're sorry. And they were sorry. I said, well, tell your mother. Mom, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said, Donna, you forgiven? Yes. I said, okay. Go get in the van. Let's all go get some ice cream at Dairy Queen. <laughs> that is grace and that is mercy. Amen. I thought, you know, I want it all the time. I'll give it to them. Plus, I really like Dairy Queen, all right? <laughs> so instead of get a whipping, they got some ice whipping, all right? And that was grace. I say that not to just be cute, but aren't you glad that when you mess up and you confess it to the Lord and you ask Him to, aren't you glad that he wipes your slate clean. Oh, he crowns you with compassion. Brothers and sisters, that's the time when you bless the Lord. Well, I got one more, and then y'all can have a good Thanksgiving week, all right? The Lord satisfies your ears. <laughs> it's good. It's all good. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget none of his benefits who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. You know what that means? It means when you know Jesus and he forgives you of all your sins, you might be 90 years old, but in your heart, you have a youthful spirit. You're not old and cantankerous. You, are, you might be old in your body, but there's a freshness in your spirit that the Holy Spirit will give you. You're still thankful. You're still joyful. You're still grateful. You're still praising God. You might not can walk like you used to walk, talk like you used to talk, do what you used to do, but praise God, you're not complaining. God is renewing you every day. That's the picture that you have right here. 
What it means is God satisfies you. He doesn't just meet your need. He meets your need and then some. God gives you extra from whatever you ask for. The biggest prayer you can pray, God always gives you more than you ask for. And when I was in Alabama, we had a hamburger joint that would put a little extra meat on every hamburger. It's called Milo's. I know you like their tea, but the best thing Milo's makes is a hamburger. And you'll never get one in Tennessee because they're only in Alabama, all right? There's Milo right there. He was a World War II vet. He got out of the war. He wanted to start a business. He started in North Birmingham for all the workers in the steel mill companies. And he would give them not only their money's worth, but a little extra. And they, for 76 years, Every Milo's hamburger has a little. I always check mine. I don't want to get ripped off. Amen. I don't want you know some new person back there not know how to make a Milo's hamburger. He said, "Why are you telling us all this stuff? That little something extra is what God's talking about at the last part of this verse. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you when you don't even know I'm blessing you." I'm going to bless you when you're lying down and you are asleep. I'm going to bless you when you wake up. I'm going to bless you when you're... You don't even know. Only heaven will tell how many times God has kept you from a car wreck. How many times God has blessed you with finances. How many times God has blessed you with good health? How many times God has blessed your children from not having an accident? How many times God has blessed you from something you said and he just shut it down and you never had to pay for it? Don't tell me God doesn't bless you. Don't tell me you haven't been blessed. My wife's favorite verse is Ephesians 3. 20 and 21, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, exceeding abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And why does he satisfy us with good things? So that our youth is renewed like the eagle. You know what that means? Like I said, you might be 90 years old on the outside, but you're a youngster on the inside because God has renewed your spirit and you go around singing every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. God's been good to us. We got food to eat. We got clothes to wear. We got a roof over our head. I say this all the time. We got brothers and sisters to walk with. We got Bibles to read. We can hear the voice of God anytime we want to. Just read the Bible. We got the Holy Ghost dwelling within us. We've been forgiven of all of our sin. And praise God somewhere up there. 
Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life.